Friends, welcome to Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. Word on Fire is an apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization, using media both old and new to share the faith on every continent and to facilitate an encounter with Christ and His Church. The efforts of Word on Fire engage the culture and bring the transformative power of God's Word where it is most needed. Today, we invite you to join Bishop Robert Barron as he preaches the gospel and shares the warmth and light of Christ with each one of us. Peace be with you. Well, friends, I had a very interesting experience just uh, last week. Through the generosity of the Reagan Ranch Foundation, which is right in Santa Barbara where I live, I was given a guided tour of President Reagan's beloved Rancho del Cielo which is in the Santa Inez Mountains. It's just about, oh, 40 minutes from my house in Santa Barbara. I remember when I was a, a young man, so back in the 80s, when Reagan was president, and they would say, oh, the president's up at his ranch in the mountains above uh, Santa Barbara. Did I ever in my wildest dreams think I'd be, I'd be living in that area? But anyway, they reached out to me and said, would you like a tour of the Reagan Ranch? And I said, well, yeah, of course. And so with a, a few of my... Um, team members and their spouses, we went up with these wonderful tour guides to the Reagan Ranch. Now, as, as anyone who's ever visited the place remarks, it's extremely simple and surprisingly small. Uh, it's on a lot of land, I mean, a lot of acreage, and you have to go up this long winding road to get there. But once you get to the place, the, the compound, it sounds a little bit too grand for what it is, you're struck by, wow, this is really simple. And, you know, you think, look, here's this Hollywood movie star and, and the president of the United States. Wouldn't he have some big, rambling, elegant, you know, home in the country? Uh, but, you know, on the contrary, it's a very simple place. You know, what struck me especially uh, was the master bedroom. And again, that sounds kind of grand, even to call it the master bedroom, where where the Reagans uh, slept. It wasn't even a big, uh, you know, king-size bed. It was two small twin beds that were kind of just shoved together. And there was even, on, on the president's side of the bed, off the end was like a little footrest to accommodate his, his height. And so we're all in the room. It's a tiny room, mind you. And the bathroom was like something you'd find in the simplest hotel. And I'm thinking, well... Wouldn't the president have gotten a big enough mattress? But no, that's where they slept, and they, they liked it. Well, at this very rustic, simple place, President Reagan liked to go uh, horseback riding. He liked to build fences. He liked to clear brush and to saw branches off of the trees. It was a kind of simple, rugged, manly sort of place, and that's the kind of simple, rugged manly stuff that he did when he was there. Anyway, as we're taking all this in, here's what all of us were thinking. And, and we all kind of came out with it at the same point. We're all thinking, you know, this must have been a little challenging for Nancy Reagan. <laughs> so President Reagan's wife. Now, maybe some of my younger listeners won't remember this era very well, but Nancy Reagan, like her husband, was a uh, Hollywood movie uh, actor. And, um, kind of an elegant society lady, I think it's fair to say. Someone who, who liked nice things, who moved comfortably in sophisticated, aristocratic 
circle. She was someone kind of accustomed to big homes and hotels and limousines. And I'm not saying it to be critical of her. That's just the world she came out of. And I think it's fair to say that brush clearing and horseback riding and fence mending were not exactly her natural metier. So now here's the thing. What everyone connected to the ranch commented, however, the people that were giving us the tour and everyone else involved in the Reagan ranch, they all commented, though, all of this is true. Everything I just said is true. Nevertheless, Nancy Reagan sincerely loved life on the ranch. How come? Because her husband loved the ranch and she loved him. She loved what he loved, even though it wasn't her thing. It wasn't her natural metier, but her husband loved the ranch and she loved him. And so she loved the ranch too. Now, I thought of all this the moment I began meditating on our magnificent gospel for this weekend. Can I urge everybody, take out your Bibles at some point and reread this passage from the 22nd chapter of Matthew. It's a passage that ought to set the tone for your entire life. (laughs) I'm not saying that uh, lightly. It's one of those passages that should set the tone for your entire life. So the Pharisees we hear trying to trap Jesus, ask him, which of the commandments of the law is the greatest? So they're thinking, you know, whatever he says, we'll be able to say something against it. So though they were trying to trip him up, uh, he gives an honest, clear, and extremely illuminating answer. And now, mind you, mind you, this is not just one more prophet or philosopher speaking. This is the Son of God telling us what the heart of the law is. And so it behooves us to listen. Here's what he says. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There it is, everybody. Put that on your screensaver. uh, Put it up on the refrigerator. (laughs) Meditate on that day and night. The Son of God telling you the heart of the law. Love the Lord your God with all you got. And love your neighbors yourself. Okay. The first part of the saying shouldn't strike us as too controversial. So at the heart of religion is this command to direct all of our energies, all of our love toward the highest good. God, the creator of all things, that which exists through the power of his own essence is supremely perfect in possession of all that's true, good, and beautiful. Therefore, it makes perfect sense to say that the whole of our life should be directed to God, focused on God. Discerning and following God's will should be the whole game. Now, again, I I know it sounds maybe overly obvious, but believe me, to us sinners, 
This is not obvious stuff. We have to be told clearly again and again, direct the whole of your life and every energy in you to following God's will. Not wealth, not pleasure, not power, not honor, not knowledge, not country, not political party, not family, mind you, all of which are good in themselves. But God must be the center of your life. Then, as I've said many times, all the other things I just mentioned, they'll find their right position in your life. But God, you love with your whole heart, whole soul, whole mind. Here's a way to put it that it's always struck me as interesting and, and challenging and illuminating from the great Cardinal Sua, who was the Archbishop of Paris around the time of the Second World War. He said this, let it sink in. Live your life in such a way that it would make no sense unless God exists. That's an extraordinary thing, the more you think about it. Live your life in such a way that it would make no sense unless God exists. That means you've made God your highest value. Okay, so far, so clear. But why does Jesus immediately add the second commandment? Because remember, his interlocutors had asked for only one. They said, Lord, what's, teacher, what's the greatest of the commandments? But Jesus immediately adds the second one. Now, why? Well, because God loves everything and everyone that he has made. Because they wouldn't exist unless he loved them. Therefore, if we love him with all our heart, soul, mind, then we love what he loves. Let me say it again. If we love him with everything we got, mind, soul, everything, we love him, we love what he loves. This is precisely why the two great commandments are intertwined. Nancy Reagan loved the ranch, not because it was automatically her thing. She loved it because the one she loved, loved it. I think everybody, of someone who is distasteful to you, someone that you would never automatically seek out, maybe even someone that you're kind of repulsed by. But then remember, that person has been loved into existence by God. Again, the most repulsive person, someone that you naturally would stay away from. See, what matters is not so much that person's worth to you, but that person's worth to God. Perhaps the ranch didn't call out naturally to Nancy Reagan, but she came to love it for her husband's sake. And so we love everyone because God loves them and we love God. So as I close here, let me take at least a, a little glance at our equally magnificent first reading from the book of Exodus. The Israelites are receiving some pretty strong and unequivocal commands from the Lord regarding their care for the poor 
the marginalized, the needy, the forgotten. Listen, you shall not molest or oppress an alien because you were once aliens. You shall not wrong any widow or orphan. If you lend money to one of your poor neighbors, do not act like an extortioner toward him, etc. God loves all things and all people, as I say, because they wouldn't exist unless he loved them into being. But, but, God appears to love with a special love those who are most in need of love. Does that make sense? God loves with a special love those who are most in need of love. And therefore, so should we. This is why the church, now these past 50 years or so, has taken to speaking of the preferential option for the poor. We love everybody, of course, because we love what God loves, and God loves everybody. But God loves with a special love, it seems, those who are poor now in any sense of that term. And so we should have a preferential love for them. So maybe here's a question as I close for all of us to think about. Who right now in your life is most in need of love right now? Who's poorest right now in your life? You love the Lord with your whole heart, soul, and mind. Well, God loves those people with a special love. And so should we. There it is. There's the whole of the Christian life. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's homily from Bishop Robert Barron. For more resources from Bishop Barron, please visit wordonfire.org.